Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blaze Experience once again. I am your host, Derek, joining you again, and we are here for episode 64 today, so thank you for joining us. We are here to talk about State of Decay 2 once again, as we do every Saturday. This episode is going to be on the best leader in State of Decay 2, and you're probably thinking a little bit, well, you just did a whole Legacy Guide series, you know, why are you doing an episode on the best leader? Well, I thought this episode would be kind of a putting a bow on the whole leader aspect in the game, because basically I've done one episode each on all the Legacy Guides for the leaders, but this talks more about their Legacy missions, and it talks more about, you know, how their missions are, and if the missions are fun, I didn't really talk too in-depth about the leader type itself. And then back in episode 24, I did an episode that covered the legacy boons for the leaders. But I've never actually done an episode where I ranked the leaders themselves. And I thought this would be a good opportunity to kind of put a bow on the whole leader aspect in the game. And this would probably be the last episode you hear about leaders on the podcast. At least uh, planned right now. Because this kind of puts a bow on it. We're going to use stuff, you know, that some of, some of the stuff was in the Legacy Guides. But we're going to kind of go over stuff and talk about, you know, why uh, one leader is the best. And what leader I think is the worst for you to be using. And kind of why. So we'll go through that. But first, a couple of news items. I do want to mention that Undead Trials 3 is underway as you're hearing this. And it's been a fun event so far. I've had a lot of fun. I'm recording this before I've actually had my run, but by the time you're hearing this, my run will already be gone by. So either I did really awesome with my team or I kind of felt flat on my face. So it'll be kind of fun to uh, hear this after the run's already over and you can kind of see, okay, did he do well or did he not do well? Because right now I couldn't tell you because it hasn't happened yet. But I can tell you that it's been fun because I already know in advance that it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, day one on Friday, we had three teams go, and I'm sure that the leading score right now is huge because between my team, between Mac Talon, and between the, and between Falldown's team, I'm sure that the score right now is, you know, very immense and going to be a tough score for the rest of the teams to beat. But it is day two of Undead Trials 3, and we do actually have three teams going today, so I will give a shout out to that if you want to check those out. We have at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, so right when you're you know first waking up to hear this, basically, Black Friday is going. Black Friday is a team led by K Sizzle, and this team consists of K Sizzle, Harshnot Royal, who is a finalist in Undead Trials 2, and also a friend of K Sizzle's uh, named Trixie. So that is that team. That is going to be 9 to 1 on Saturday. You can either watch... Uh, believe Sizzle might stream that, but the referee for that game is Mr. Darts Broadcast. So definitely go to twitch.tv slash Mr. Darts Broadcast and check out that game on Saturday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then the next game, also ref by Mr. Darts. So just stay around right there with Mr. Dart. You'll go right into the next game. From 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. is going to be Candelius. And this team is a team led by ACC from Mixer. So he has himself and a couple of his friends from his community. And that'll be from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Time today on Saturday. And then there's a little bit of a break. But then you can come back later that night and have a third game that night. It's going to be from 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern. And this is the Gamescasters that's going to be on this one. So this is going to be Arky Gamescast. It's going to be Fabian907, who is in Undead Trials 2. And it's going to be 
Artificial Soul, who is part of GameCast community. This one will be ref by Andy T. Pims. So you can go over to twitch.tv slash Andy T. Pims. That's Pims with two M's. So A-N-D-Y-T-P-I-M-M-S. And you can go check that out. It's going to be a great stream. The streams that Mr. Dart's doing are going to be great streams as well. So definitely tune into that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope to see you there. Um, I will be working during the night one. So you won't see me during the night one. But hopefully for the first two games of the day, you can see me there. And then on Sunday, we have two games. We have one from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., which is ref by Beats and Buttons. And then 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, we have a game ref by Fall Down Go Boom on Monday. That's when I will be streaming again next. So you can stream me streaming 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Monday. I will be the referee for the Team Gucci Gang. This is a team led by Big Red and it has uh, Remotely Peachy on it and Beats and Buttons. So basically all people that um, you should be familiar with in the community. And then later that day on Monday is going to be Kay Sizzle refereeing. He'll be refereeing Zombies Are Us. And then the last game of the tournament will be 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern on Monday. There is currently no ref scheduled for that game. We will be finding a ref, just we haven't. Um, as of right now on Thursday, we don't have a ref planned yet. But that is the one game we're still looking for a ref for. But there will be a ref, uh, so I just can't shout out who to follow right now. But if you want to see my next stream, definitely come by 8 a.m. Eastern on Monday. It'll be a four-hour stream. And we can watch Gucci Gang, you know, take on the Undead Trials and see how they do. So you can go to twitch.tv slash blaze underscore experience. So that's twitch.tv slash blaze underscore experience. I will be streaming on Twitch this time because I'm close to getting affiliate. So I figured I might as well get affiliate and then kind of make my decision whether I want to go with Twitch or Mixer in the future. But that being said, the next podcast you're going to hear is going to be one week from today. We are not going to do a Wednesday episode just because I'm not going to have a lot of time to prepare after Under Trials ends. It's going to end on a Monday. I'm not going to have a lot of window there to get an episode out on Wednesday. So the next episode you're going to hear is going to be one week from today. It'll be another State of Decay 2 episode. And honestly, it's probably going to be a recap of Undead Trials 3. So I might have the winners on or some of the winners or maybe some people that did amazing in the tournament or we'll, we'll kind of see. But I'll try and have some guests on that were big in the tournament. So, you know, maybe if my team wins, maybe I'll have my whole team on. If my team doesn't win, maybe I'll have the whole winning team on the podcast with me. We can kind of talk about their run and what went well and do something like that. So it should be a lot of fun. But that's something to look forward to for the future. But right now we are here to talk about the best leader in the game. So basically how we're going to do this is we're going to go through what's unique to each leader again. I know in each legacy episode I did this, but... We're going to go through it one more time that we can kind of talk about those items real quick and talk about what ones might be good and what um, unique things the leaders might not be that helpful. So basically, the one you should be most familiar with is the Warlord because I just talked about it last episode. So this one we're going to kind of brush by very fast because it was so recent. But the large facilities that the Warlord has... They have the armory, which allows you to produce any ammo type as well as explosives and professional quality muzzle attachments. They also have a Spartan barracks. This provides eight beds with a morale penalty. And the small facility that they have access to is the fighting gym level two. This allows the training of fighting or cardio. So honestly, 
the armory is nice for convenience, but other than a convenience, these things aren't really going to help you with a warlord long term. And that's kind of what I'm looking into when I say best leader is what leader is going to be the best leader for you to use for a long term community. Because technically speaking, any one of these four leaders can be used for a short, you know, okay, let's run through this real quick. Let's get a legacy done and we're done. So any of these leaders can be used in that capacity. And technically speaking, they can be used in long-term capacity as well. But basically the purpose of this episode is determining what is the best leader if you want to do a long playthrough and have best experience possible where you can actually have some unique features to you. That's kind of the angle I'm going with basically. Because we all know Legacy Boon, it's definitely Builder. You know, Builder hands down wins that. And depending on your situation, you might like the Sheriff Legacy Boon if you're going for a long playthrough because it gives you something every day. Or you might like the Warlord if you're going for a short playthrough because it gives you a lot of guns that you can get the job done very fast with. But the Trader Legacy Boon really is the worst Legacy Boon probably. However, it's a little bit better as a leader type. And that's kind of what we're getting into here because on the State of Decay 2 Awards show, for example, the favorite leader the trader actually won the warlord got second the sheriff got third and the builder got fourth so you can kind of see at the end what my rankings are my rankings could be the same as with community voted or they could not be the same as community but we're going to kind of get into that today but the warlord honestly um it doesn't do a lot for you long term it's a very good short-term leader i will say that the warlord is very good for short-term success because before you have any mods you can build that armory up. Well, you can't build it up right away, obviously. You have to get into a base that has a large slot available. But once you get to a base that has a large slot available, you can build that armory. You can make any ammo you'd like without actually having to switch mods. That's very convenient. You have the Spartan Barracks. You can get a lot of beds there. And you have the Fighting Gym, so you can train your fighters very fast. So essentially, the Warlord is built and designed for a quick playthrough and... That's really what it's good for. But for a long playthrough where you're determining, okay, this is the best leader for me to use for a long-term community, the Warlord is not really the best one. So moving on, we have the Trader. We talked about the Trader in episode 58. So, you know, pretty recent, but it was still about six or seven episodes ago. And the Trader has a large facility called the Trade Depot, which summons traders that you can buy from and sell to. It has a farm level three, which provides you with plus four food per day. And the small facility it has it is still level 2. This allows you to make luxury items which can be sold to traders or other survivor enclaves. So basically, it's no secret what my top what my number one is going to be. I've said it on previous episodes, kind of you know talking about it briefly. The trader is my number one leader. And that's not much of a spoiler because if you listen to any previous episodes, I've already talked about it, you know, before. I just haven't talked about all the reasons why as much in detail. But the trader has amazing facilities that help you long-term in the game. The trade depot is great. I don't use it that much right now, but you know, if you ever want to build it up and get some free rucksacks, just call on a trader real quick. There you go. You got some rucksacks. You can get some mods if you don't have some mods that you wanted. I mean, you can get some bandages, some snacks, whatever you need. So it's really huge because you wouldn't even have this church if you don't want to. The farm level three is probably the weakest thing that's unique to the trader. And the saying that's the weakest thing, that's that's a good thing because the farm level three, that gives you plus four food a day. And 
that's pretty big. I mean, you know, the hydroponics is better, in my opinion, at plus three food a day because it's in a small slot. And the farm three is in a large slot, so those large slots are kind of hard to come by. But the fact that it does give you plus four food a day, that's going to be great for a lot of communities. And, you know, you put a compost bin on that, for example, you maybe uh, use some seeds to boost your yields. You can, you know, get enough food for a whole community with just one farm if you really played it right. So that farm level three is amazing for late game as well because it helps you maintain your community. And honestly, the real hero of the trader is this last unique thing to them, the small facility of the still level two. The still level two allows you to make bottles of whiskey, and this is huge. It wouldn't really seem like it's huge when you first hear about it, but basically you take ethanol and you craft it into whiskey, and then this whiskey you can take and sell the traders for influence. It's not a ton of influence, but it's enough influence that it's very great to have because it's a steady stream of influence that you can have in the game. So you can keep buying stuff. You know, say you saw a gun at a trader you really like. You can buy something from that trader and then trade them back bottles of whiskey for it. So essentially, you can have trading scenarios where you're literally just trading away bottles of whiskey for something you want because you basically spend the influence, but then you gain it right back. And that's what's really cool is that this gives you a real commodity to give to the trader that you don't have to actually pull out your resources because these bottles of whiskey, you can't do anything with them except for trade them. And that's actually a good thing because that's allowing you to get free influence. There's nothing else you can do with it except trade it for influence. And that's awesome because if you're ever down on influence, if you have some bottles of whiskey stored up, you can always just take them to Enclave, take them to the Trader, trade them away, and there you go. There's some influence. And I can't stress enough how amazing that is because that is really huge. So because that is something in the late game that's really going to help you. And the other leaders, they don't have something like that that's going to help you in the late game like that. Technically, you could make the argument that in the late game, while you should be advanced enough that you don't really need to worry about influence. Yes, that is true. But it's nice to always have that in your back pocket. So even if you always have, you know, 9999 influence, which a lot of veteran players might, it's always nice to have that in your back pocket because, say, Undead Trials 2, for example... A lot of the people like myself that refereeing Undead Trials 2, we had to spend a lot of influence switching maps, switching bases, things like that, calling in different cars. So we had to spend a lot of influence just to make the games fun for Undead Trials 2. And then, you know, we got to points where we had no influence left, basically. So this is a good way to actually recoup that influence fast. Now, obviously, refereeing Undead Trials 2 is a scenario that most people aren't going to encounter. But it's just an example of a scenario why you would want a reserve of influence ready to go. And that's kind of what these bottles of whiskey are, is a reserve, a reserve of influence. So Trader Leader, amazing. I can't stress enough how great this leader is for a long-term playthrough and a long game. Next up, we have the Sheriff. The Sheriff we talked about on episode 55. So uh, not too far away. It was nine episodes ago, so fairly close to this episode the unique facilities of the sheriff you have the field hospital this renders an infirmary three or below obsolete and it has the ability to remove infection or heal injuries of all your survivors at once lounge level three this increases the rate at which all your survivors gain experience and then the small facility it has access to is the shooting range level two 
which provides you with the ability to train survivors in shooting or wits. So the shooting range too, not really my cup of tea as much. I mean, the training and shooting and wits at the same time, okay, I, I guess you can get it up fast. You know, you can train your survivors for war, but it's not something I'm going to use that much. It's kind of like the same thing as the fighting gym too for the warlord where it's not going to do a ton for you. I mean, it's going to be good in the short term if you need to really, you know, beef your survivors up for a big fight or something. But other than that, it's not something I'm going to be using and thinking about a lot. The lounge level three, however, that is a very nice change because you can actually get your survivors experience a lot faster. And yes, the shooting range level two does that, but the lounge level three this is a better way to do that because you're actually able to gain experience everywhere. At least if I remember right. I could technically be wrong on that, but if I'm remembering right, the lounge level three allows you to get experience everywhere. So that if that is true and I'm remembering that correctly, then that is much better than the shooting range too because that only allows you to get experience in two categories. So all categories versus two categories, I'll take the all categories. And then obviously the field hospital this is very useful because you can heal injuries of all your survivors at once, which is very nice, and you can remove infection, and basically, you know, it's a large-scale upgraded Infirmary 3. The issue with it is it takes a large slot, and that's the issue I have with it, because the Infirmary 3, you can have a small slot. These small slots are a lot more abundant in the game, where the large slots are very infrequent and hard to come by. Some bases only have one large slot, so if it only has one large slot and you're using that large slot for a field hospital, you don't really have a lot of the resources that you might have otherwise. Because, like for example, a staging area, a staging area is very important. Or if you wanted to make an auto shop to build some, you know, vehicle upgrade kits to upgrade your cars, or maybe you wanted to get a lounge in there to help your morale. So, if you, for a lot of those bases that only have one large slot. It's hard to justify putting a field hospital there, which honestly, to be fair, you could say that about any of these leaders. I mean, these leader projects, they're, it's hard to justify putting them in a base that has only one large slot. And that's basically the case all around. Um, any base that has two large slots, you can justify a little bit more. And the couple of bases that have three, you're almost better off to just put your leader project there. But there's only two bases in the game that have three large slots, and that would be Whitney Field and the Abandoned Strip Mall. So there's the only two bases in the game that have three large slots. So for those two bases, it's almost no reason not to put your large slot there. But other than those two bases, it's a little bit of a juggling act on how you want to play that. Overall, the Sheriff is pretty good. Um, these facilities do help more than, say, the Warlord, I think. You know, the Lounge Level 3, that's going to help you get your survivors up all at the same time. Plus, you're going to be helping your morale, and that's the key here. The shooting range 2 and, say, the fighting gym range 2. And that's the key here. Say, the shooting range 2 and the fighting gym level 2. Both of those don't help your morale. The difference is the lounge level 3 actually helps your morale because you can install, like, a game console in there. You can do scheduling breaks. You can do different things to actually boost your morale, and that is huge because you can boost your morale and give your survivors experience. So... The lounge level three is much more useful in my opinion. And the field hospital, it's the field hospital is honestly very useful. It's basically, you know, a full scale medical center in your base. Just the one caveat to that is I don't like that it's a large slot. Um, 
I wish there was a way to potentially make these leader projects a small slot, but maybe it's like some kind of in-game thing where uh, I wouldn't really know what to do exactly, but I wish there was some way in-game to possibly make these leader projects small slots, but I, I do understand why they're large slots because it's meant to be an end-game thing where this is, you know, end of your playthrough, your leader's making this huge, you know, grandiose project, and it probably wouldn't make sense in the ether to have it as a small slot. So I do understand that. Just maybe the solution instead is, you know, in a future map or a future rendition of State of Decay, maybe like a State of Decay 3, maybe the solution is to have more large slots available in the game because if there's more large slots available, there's more reason to have these leader projects. But overall, the Sheriff is you know, pretty useful as a leader, I would say. It's something that you're going to like having the late game, plus the Sheriff Legacy Boon. This isn't necessarily about Legacy Boons, but the Sheriff Legacy Boon is the best Legacy Boon for a late game. Well, besides the Builder. I mean, the Builder is always hands down in every category, but I'm talking about besides the Builder Legacy, the Sheriff one is the best one for late game because you get something every day. So every day you're going to get a little bit of something, whether it's bandages, whether it's ammo, guns, anything you get. It's nice to get something every day and then, you know, play for like 100 days. That's 100 gifts. You know, getting the Warlord Boom, for example, that's a one-time gift that you get at the start of day one. So in comparison, the Sheriff is a lot better because you might get less, but over time, you're going to get a lot more value than you would from the Warlord or the Trader Boom, for example. But of course, you know, the last one we have to talk about is the Builder. And the Builder, we actually started our Legacy series back in episode 48. So that one's a little bit farther away. That was 16 episodes ago. So it's been a little bit for that. But we got back into our Legacy series recently and we finished it up. The Builder one was when we started it with. And I just kind of got sidetracked for a little while with, you know, Daybreak stuff and things like that. So, but the Builder episode was a great episode. If you want to go back and check it out. And basically the builder, what it has unique to it is sniper towers. It acts as a watchtower and also gives the radio unlock sniper cover, which requires which will require ammo and at least one arm survivor to function. Or it can take two to have full effect though. It has a generator three. This provides you power to your entire base for one feel a day while also producing no noise, which the no noise part is nice. And you also have a Luxury Barracks, which provides five beds and a morale bonus. So honestly, none of these really do a lot for you, to be honest. I mean, the Generator 3, um, if you have, if you don't have the Builder Boon yet, then I, I guess it's helpful for a little while. But once you have the Builder Legacy Boon, you never need a Generator 3 ever again in the game. So that's kind of a, you know, mute point, except if it's like your first playthrough and it's like the Builder or something. Maybe I could see using it a little bit. The Luxury Barracks, that is pretty decent, but it's five beds and a morale bonus. Um, now we have the Red Talon Bunk Room, which puts five beds in a small slot, so that is a little bit more useful. And the Sniper Tower, I mean, it's basically the same thing as a Watchtower in most senses. I mean, you get that radio unlock, but... You can get that radio unlock in other ways too, like using the Clio transmitter. You can install that mod in one of your facilities and get basically the same exact radio unlock. I don't know if it's the same. I don't know if it's 100% exact, but it basically does the same thing where it's like, you know, free sniper cover. 
So honestly, there's ways around this features of the sniper tower and the red talon watchtower looks so much cooler in my opinion. So basically for all intents and purposes, what I'm saying is these things that are unique to the builder now in the game, they're not worth it. You know, maybe when the game first came out, they're a little bit more useful, but now there's new things in the game like red talent facilities that make these obsolete for sure. I think luxury barracks is the only one of these three that still has some value, but even that is kind of waning because you have, you know, these red talent recruits that have bonuses on them, like sleeping in shifts, like, you know, take away the beds you need. So you don't even need beds sometimes. So honestly, the builder, if, unless you're talking about the legacy boon, the builder is the worst leader in basically every, every sense. There's really no reason to use the builder over one time, in my opinion. And that is sad to say, because I like the concept of builder leader, but I think it's just something that's hard to make work in the game. Because basically, after the first time you legacy with the builder, there's really no sense to go back to the leader builder leader again, because you already have the legacy boon, that's what you came for. And then just go on to one of the leaders is a little more fun, because the builder legacy missions aren't that fun, and playing the builder isn't really that fun either because it just doesn't offer you anything that's new you know it doesn't offer you anything that's going to be helpful in a long-term playthrough so the builder falls a little bit flat honestly but that legacy boon though that legacy boon is awesome so that's kind of you know our four leaders which we did talk about this briefly in all their civic episodes but i wanted to have everything jumbled together in one episode that way it's you know someone can listen to this episode and they can get everything at once. That way, if they don't want to listen about the missions of each specific one, they can listen to this episode and they can find out, okay, this is a discussion on all four of the leaders in one spot. That's why I kind of wanted to do this episode. The Legacy Boons, we talked about those way back in episode 24. So literally 40 episodes ago, it's been since we talked about Legacy Boons. So if you want to go all the way back to that episode, you will hear us talk about Patch 3.0 and the Legacy Boons in the same episode. And I did indeed rank the Builder Legacy first. And I did indeed rank the Builder Legacy Boon first. And then I ranked the Warlord Legacy Boon second. I ranked the Trader Legacy Boon third. And then I ranked the Sheriff one fourth. But I did say in the episode, I made the caveat that if you're going for a long playthrough, then the Sheriff is a little bit better because the Sheriff does give you one gift per day. So... The Sheriff is more useful if it's a long playthrough. But for just a normal or a short playthrough, the Sheriff will be last. And I, I do stand by those rankings, honestly. Um, you know, for most playthroughs, it's not going to be a long-term thing. But for your main, main community, the Sheriff Legacy Boon and the Builder Legacy Boons are the ones you want to go for. So that's kind of the Legacy Boons. But um, I just wanted to mention that since, you know, we, we did talk about them a long time ago. And if you want to go back and listen to that whole thing, you know, feel free. And I definitely appreciate it. But, you know, that's pretty much all we have to say in the leaders except to actually rank them. So I think from hearing what my comments were, I think you probably know the rankings I'm going to go with. So it's probably not going to be a huge surprise. So I might go through a little bit faster. But basically, number four on our list is the builder. Um, probably not a surprise to anyone, really. The builder just doesn't offer much as a leader, honestly. You know, the missions, which we're not talking about the missions, but the missions were my lowest rate of missions as well. And the builder just doesn't offer anything to this the player that really makes them want to keep playing as a builder. 
because the sniper tower, the generator three luxury barracks, they don't offer anything to the game that really changes things in your favor too much. So, you know, maybe in the future, the, the devs can do something with the builder to make it a little bit more exciting, I think. So, because that's what kind of kills me, too, is I really like the concept of the builder, but it's just not very exciting to play as a builder. And I wish there was a way to make that more exciting somehow, which I don't honestly have an answer right now for how to do that, but there there has to be a way to make it more exciting. So, you know, if you think you have a way to make the builder more exciting, um, definitely get in touch with me and let me know because I can pass that along to developers and, you know, maybe that feedback will help them. So if you have any uh, suggestions on how to make the builder more exciting, definitely let me know about them. I, I'd love to hear them and I'd love to kind of discuss that with you. But number three in my leader rankings is the Warlord. And the Warlord did technically get second in the State of Decay Awards, but I think this one's number three for a leader ranking because basically all the things you get with the Warlord, they're all geared towards a short a short win. You know, the Armory, the Spartan Barracks, and the Fighting Gym, it's basically all geared for, you know, okay, let's, let's militarize our community here, let's go kill everything in sight, and then let's end the game. And it's, it's not really something you want to use for a long playthrough because... Yes, the armory is convenient, but the convenience you get from the armory isn't worth the large slot for long term. Because long term, you're going to have all those mods you need, so it doesn't take too long to just switch out mods, make some ammo, and then you're good. Yes, it's more convenient to use the armory, but that large slot that you waste on the armory can be better spent doing something else. So, to me, the armory isn't worth it for a long term playthrough. It's only worth it for, you know, short, get things done, and then get out of there. And the fighting gym, kind of the same thing. I mean, it's basically training your characters up fast, which if you're in a long playthrough, you're not really going to want that fighting gym installed, probably. You know, the Spartan Barracks is probably the most useful long term, but there's still better ways around that, using outposts, using a Red Talon Bunk Room, things like that. Number two on my list is the Sheriff. So the Sheriff does have some things that actually do help you long term for a leader. You know, the field hospital, it does stink using the large slot for that, but it does still have some use for a large slot. The sheriff, you know, field hospital can heal all your survivors' injuries at once, which is definitely helpful, and it basically serves as, you know, a huge medical center, and that's kind of cool to have in your base. So that field hospital is useful. The shooting range, too, not very useful in my opinion, unless you're trying to go for a short playthrough. So that one does miss the mark a little bit. But the Lounge 3 is definitely useful because it increases the rate at which all your survivors gain experience. And I do love having a lounge in my base, too, because the lounges are very nice for morale. And it really boosts your community morale and it can keep your morale high. So it helps your global action speed that way. And it's just nice to have a lounge in there and, you know, put a console game console mod on your base and you know, go to town getting that morale. So essentially with the sheriff, you have two out of three, you know, they're unique facilities that are somewhat useful late game. So that is a plus, And that's why it's ranked number two for me. And number one, of course, you know, I've said it in the previous episodes. I've said it in this episode already is the trader. In my opinion, you it's hard to make an argument for why the trader isn't the best leader, because every unique thing about the trader is useful to you. You know, the least useful thing is the farm level three, but the farm level three gives you plus four food a day. So, you know, if you don't have 
say you didn't have the survivors that you need for hydroponics because you need special skills for that, you can put a farm level three up, get plus four food a day, throw a compost bin on that, and you're probably going to be good for a while with your community. And that's definitely handy to have. And the trade depot, again, I don't love taking up the large slot with it as often, but with that trade depot, you can get any rucksacks you want so you can build it real quick. You know, call in a trader, get some rucksacks your community needs, and then destroy the trade depot after if you want to. So that is definitely a strategy you can use. And if you're going for a long playthrough and you have the space to have a trade depot there, it is handy to have because you can get mods, you can get extra bandages, things your community might need that you don't have to go out and search for. So it's definitely a huge plus to have that. And then the clutch thing about this, the trader for me, is the still level 2. That is the most clutch thing about the trader because this is basically free influence. None of the other leaders have access to this. And I hope that, you know, maybe in like a state of decay three or something, I hope that Undead Labs is able to make a better balance to where all the leaders have an option to get influence because it does feel a little bit imbalanced to me that the trader has an option to get free influence through the still. And I wish the other leaders had an option for this too, because that is a really clutch thing. It's not like it's a lot of influence. Basically, a pack of three bottles of whiskey sells for 74 influence. And that's not a ton of influence, but if you keep making influence, you know, but if you keep making whiskey, keep making whiskey, keep mixing whiskey, you pile that up and you end up getting, you know, like 30 bottles of whiskey. You can take that all to a trader. You can buy a high-level item, give them the whiskey, and then you didn't really spend the influence. So it's basically like a free, you know, high-level item just for giving them whiskey. And it's kind of nice, actually. So I really appreciate that because especially if you spend a lot of influence, you know, maybe you spent some influence to call on a car you liked. Or maybe you spent influence to switch bases or whatever you spent influence on. You can recoup some of that influence with the still level 2 and... The other leaders just don't have access to something like that. So even if you're a high-level veteran and you you know put a lot of hours into this game, I'm sure you can still appreciate the still level two because while it's not that hard to get influence if you know what you're doing, the still level two gives you a backup option. And it's always nice to have a backup for things. And that is basically what the still level two does. It gives you a backup way to get influence. This is a way to get influence the other leaders don't have access to. And that right there is... That right there is enough to give the trader number one for me. But the fact that the farm level three and the trade depot are also useful late game, the trader just hands down takes the best leader for me. And it did win the State of Decay Awards. So, you know, I'm sure some of you out there agree with me. But I did want to, you know, make this episode and talk about it more in depth. Because with all these legacy episodes, it was more about talking about the missions than talking about the leader itself. And that's why I felt it was good to have a best leader episode where I kind of went through this in detail more because some of you might have heard me talk about the trader before, how I think the trader is the best, and you might not have understood why. Or maybe you're a newer player and you heard me say that and you're like, hmm, why is the trader best? I, I really like the warlord. Why is the trader the best? And I felt it was necessary to have an episode where I went more in depth into why my psychology of thinking the trader is best and kind of analyze all these leader types. So hopefully this helps some of you out there. You know, for veteran players, you might already agree with me. If you don't agree with me, though, definitely let me know. I'm 
always open to hearing other opinions and other perspectives. So if you have a perspective that's different than mine, definitely let me know about it because I'm curious to hear what other people think is the best leader. And if you don't think the trader is the best leader, let me know why. I, I want to hear your reasoning why. And, you know, maybe I'll agree with some of your points. So maybe you have some good points I didn't think of, and I would love to hear them. But that is basically our leader rankings. So we have Trader 1, Sheriff 2, Warlord 3, and Builder 4. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. You know, it was a lot of fun to talk to you all again. And I hope you're enjoying Undead Trials 3. Undead Trials 3 is still ongoing right now. As we said earlier, we have three matches today. This is going to release on a Saturday. So definitely check out those matches. If you watch from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Mr. Darts Broadcast will be streaming on twitch.tv slash Mr. Darts Broadcast. You can check out two amazing matches and, you know, check out what Undead Trials 3 is, you know. Go say hi to him. Tell him that Blaze uh, said you should check you out. And tell him that Blaze said to check him out. And, you know, go say hi to him. He's a really great guy. He's one of the co-organizers with myself and Kay Sizzle. So he helped organize Undead Trails 3. And he's definitely a great guy. He's, you know, just coming back to streaming after a break. So, you know, go show him some love and give him a follow if you haven't followed him before. And also, today on Saturday, we have from 8 p.m. to 12 a.m., Andy T. Pims streaming. He'll be streaming the last match of day two for Undead Trials 3. So go show him some love too. You know, go drop a follow for him and let him know that you were intrigued to check him out and go say hi. He's a great guy as well and definitely worth checking out. And then if you want to see my next stream, I will be refing one more game on Monday morning. I did ref one game. Friday night, but obviously this episode's coming out on Saturday, so you would have already missed that. But I am refing one more game during Undead Trials 3. I'm refing on Monday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern to 12 p.m. Eastern. I will be refing the match for Team Gucci Gang. This is a team that has Beats and Buttons, Remotely Peachy, and it has a team captain of Big Red, who is also a streamer. So definitely check that game out. It should be a lot of fun to ref their match, and I'm excited to do so. So definitely drop by, say hello, and you know check out Undead Trials 3 with us. As I said before as well, the next podcast is going to be one week from today. It's probably going to be a recap of Undead Trials 3. We're probably going to talk about you know what challenges were done that might have been hard, what challenges might have been easy. Uh, we're hopefully going to have the winners on, so whether my team wins, whether a different team wins, I'm hopefully going to have some of the winners on the podcast and kind of talk to them about their run, you know, talk to them about their strategy, maybe figure out, okay, how did they do this run? You know, maybe they did a really hard challenge and we'll talk about how they did that challenge. So it should be a fun discussion. But, you know, first Undead Trials 3 has to end and we have to have a winner. So tune into that. It should be a lot of fun for all the matches. And if you didn't see my match, you can always go back and check in my VOD because I would have streamed it yesterday. So definitely go back and check that out if you haven't seen it yet. So twitch.tv slash blaze underscore experience and that's how you can find my twitch which experience is obviously with just an xp no e at the front but if you want to get in contact with me you can contact me via email theblazeexperience at gmail.com you can contact me via my discord which will be in the show notes you can contact me via youtube or the facebook group and you can also contact me via twitter or my gamer tag which my twitter will be at blaze experience and the gamer tag is the same thing so that's b l a that's capital B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C. 
you want to find the podcast, you can find it on basically any podcast directory. So you can find it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Blueberry, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public, and basically any of the directory uh, except iHeartRadio. It's not on iHeartRadio yet, but I'm going to try and get it on there hopefully you know, sometime this year because it, uh, I just haven't got a response to my request yet. So hopefully we can get that in there soon. But thank you, everyone, for joining us for the episode. It's been a lot of fun to talk to you, and I will see you in Undead Trials 3 somewhere. Thank you once again for listening to The Blaze Experience. Thank you.